Let's go streaking, but in the good direction, the Houston Rockets with a two-game winning streak after losing 15 straight games. Two impressive wins now against the Chicago Bulls first, and now the Charlotte Hornets in an absolute like shootout extravaganza between these two teams. An overtime victory at home against the Hornets, and John Wall wants to return to play. We'll break it all down for you right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, co-host of Locked on NBA Thursdays and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. So much to talk about in today's episode. Rockets on a two-game winning streak against a pair of impressive, you know, a pair of impressive wins against some of the uh, better teams in the Eastern Conference. Talk about the uh, shooting extravaganza between the Rockets and the Charlotte Hornets, as well as the John Wall news breaking out over the weekend. And we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Don't hesitate. Be sure to check out prizepicks.com and use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now I want to start with I want to start with the John Wall news because I feel like it's uh, the news that's kind of burning at the forefront of of everyone's minds for the Rockets and it seemingly uh, everybody's you know every media person across the nation wants to be able to chime in on the John Wall situation, be it media from other teams, be it national media, you know, and, and I gotta say. Rich Paul is working overtime to try and make, you know, to try and have this situation spun into a positive light for John Wall. Frankly, it, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, John and the Rockets came to an agreement before the season that he would sit out and the Rockets would try to find a trade partner for him, right? That was it. They wanted to prioritize the development of their backcourt of the future in Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Cut, dry, simple. Very easy to understand. And seemingly, John Wall was up there on media day, sitting there right next to Rafael Stone, and agreed to this plan in front of everybody else. He agreed to it. Now, less than two months later, John Wall seems to be getting a little antsy, a little restless, uh, and wants to play again. And the Rockets would have him play tomorrow if he were willing to come back and accept a lesser role on the team, a la basically like the DJ Augustine minutes, right? So John Wall could come back tomorrow and the Rockets would welcome him back with open arms and say, hey, come, you know, come in, come take these rotation minutes, you know, play, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes a night, anchor the second unit. We definitely need it. Like we could use it, but he doesn't want to do that. So in a report from... Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle highlighting this situation after the initial report coming out Saturday that John Wall wanted to, 
you know, come back and, and wanted to return to the lineup. Uh, Fagan put out a piece basically, you know, highlighting the situation at hand saying he's been such a good engaged supportive teammate. It was easy to see him advising Porter after timeouts on Saturday, even as his restlessness has become increasingly apparent through the week that filling a sixth man role would add to his reputation as the sort of player a contender could use so far. Wall has not accepted that limited role. He has wanted to play throughout the season. An individual with knowledge of his thinking and the conversations with the Rockets have said, but he did not want to give himself a demotion because the Rockets find themselves working on the team they will become after he has moved on. Sunday's conversation with Stone and Silas did not change that. Neither will his desire to play make it easier for the Rockets to find a trade. So... Ultimately, I mean, the Rockets are still at a stalemate with John Wall, basically. Wall wants to play, going so far as posting a video on his Instagram with the hashtag free me, which is a little absurd. And then you have all sorts of, you know, uh, other NBA players commenting on it. Um, PJ Tucker, namely, commenting on it and uh, being rather uh, aggressive in, in his commentary of, in fact, I'll have to get that pulled up here in just a second because PJ's commentary was a little, uh, hilarious, albeit. Um, so having to dig for that, but here we go. Yeah. So PJ Tucker, uh, free my expletive little brother, man, expletive lames. I can't say it on here because of YouTube. They'll get mad at me. But you can go check it out yourself. Uh, go to John Wall's most recent Instagram post and see PJ Tucker calling the Rockets lames after managing to send him to the team that won a chip last season and catering to his you know needs after he you know up and quit on the team after James Harden left. I'm just gonna put it out there because that's just how it is with PJ Tucker. Look, I love PJ Tucker. He's you know one of my all time favorite Rockets, but he mentally checked out the moment James Harden was gone. I don't blame him. But for him to come back and pretend like this situation is is all the Rockets' fault, you know, that's that's pretty uncool for P.J. Tucker. So where we're at with this wall situation is I, I am 100% in the camp of the Houston Rockets and Stone and Silas that they do not want to bring John Wall back in a starter's capacity, right? Because they are committed to the development of Kevin Porter Jr. as this team's point guard of the future. Is that the right move? Still kind of TBD. Jury's out on that. I will say that we just had Kevin Porter Jr.'s, in my opinion, best game of the season as a point guard. 12 assists, 4 turnovers only. We're, we're going to talk about that in segment 2 as soon as we dive into the Rockets-Hornets you know, game recap stuff. But you know, this couldn't have come at, at arguably like a worse time because now that the Rockets have all this increased spacing, Christian Wood back at the 5, things are kind of opening up and we're able to see glimpses of what KPJ was able to do some of last season, right? Obviously, this team got off to a really rocky start with the 15-game losing streak, and things did not look great. That said, they still are prioritizing KPJ's development, and bringing John Wall back in and inserting him into the starting lineup would absolutely hinder that development. There's still an argument to maybe be made that John Wall in the starting lineup alongside KPJ and Jalen Green possibly could be beneficial to Jalen Green's development, but they've got time with Jalen Green. Kevin Porter Jr. is a restricted free agent this upcoming offseason. They need to figure out what they have with KPJ now and then decide what type of an offer they're going to extend to him as he will be extension eligible this upcoming summer, right? So that's why 
they decided to ice John Wall in the first place. That's why they committed so heavily to this rebuilding image, to development, to starting the backcourt of the future with KPJ and Jalen Green. And now John Wall wants to step back in and throw a wrench into those plans, not even two months into the NBA season. Again, he could play tomorrow if he were willing to accept a lesser role, but he's currently not willing to do that. So right now, nothing has changed. The the only thing that's different is now we know John Wall wants to play. The Rockets are okay with him playing, but they want him in a lesser role. And right now they're at a stalemate, and obviously we'll keep you posted on the development of that situation as it progresses. But the way I see it, I think the Rockets are doing the right thing, right? John Wall is, you know, a very talented NBA player. He's had a great career, but he is not, you know, what this team needs right now, at least not in a starter's capacity. And again, if John Wall wanted to entertain the idea of a buyout, he could absolutely do that, right? If he wants to play that badly, he can entertain the idea of a buyout or he can entertain entertain the idea of just riding out the rest of the season and turning down his player option for next season, right? He wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to have the full amount of his contract and he wants to play. He doesn't get it both ways. You know, so unfortunately the situation, I I didn't, I had my doubts about whether or not the situation would actually last the entirety of the season, this agreement for John Wall to sit out. And frankly, I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly that they kind of, you know, that Wall tried to renege on the deal or that, you know, one side, one, one party backed out. But as it became increasingly more apparent that teams weren't going to be willing to trade for John Wall's absolutely bloated contract, he's getting restless. He wants to play and both sides are, you know, at an impasse currently. So we'll see how the situation develops, but coming up, there's another point guard that I want to talk about. And that is one Kevin Porter Jr., as well as the dominant game that we saw from Christian Wood. His resurgence has been a much welcome sight for this Houston Rockets team, playing like the Christian Wood of last season. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a second after a quick message from our friends over at Prize Picks. Because look, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players that are only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. It's really easy to figure out. Look, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers use the award-winning prize picks app on both the app store and the google play store so don't hesitate check out prize picks and use promo code mba go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy and another message from our friends over at direct tv because look i'm sure this sounds familiar right you've got one device that lets you catch the game live you've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows sports highlights on your phone then you've got your neighbor's best friends login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on right well let me tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place look That means no more juggling the remote, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. I was worried I was going to be on the 
uh, DNP list because coming because coming into this and I'm still kind of struggling with it a little bit. I had this really terrible cough and I'm still trying to get over it. Sat down to try and record late Sunday night and was just every, you know, every other sentence I was getting out, I was just hacking up a lung. So I apologize for that. But we're here. Uh, I am not on the DNP list, and that is exciting because the Rockets on a two-game winning streak, and we get to talk about more wins and more exciting play, and uh, you know, a dominant performance from Christian Wood. Uh, easily, in my opinion, Kevin Porter Jr.'s best performance as a point guard this season. Some ridiculous shooting from the Houston Rockets, namely Garrison Matthews, getting the starting nod in place of Jalen Green and Armani Brooks off of the bench. Both of those guys were electric in this game on fire. A nice bounce back game for one Jay Sean Tate. The starters all had some really phenomenal games. This was just it was an absolute shootout between the Rockets and Hornets. Final score, 146-143. This game going into overtime. And frankly, this game didn't, if we're going to be completely honest, this game didn't need to go into overtime. We'll get, you know, get into that, you know, here in just a second. But I want to focus here on Christian Wood because so many of the struggles from this Rocket season, again, I I feel like Daniel Tice has become like the unfortunate scapegoat for this Rocket season. Again, Daniel Tice logging no minutes in this win by the Houston Rockets. And I feel like Rockets fans are kind of creating like a false equivalency between Daniel Tice not playing and the Rockets winning games. And yes, it's kind of true, but it's not Tice's fault. And that's like, I want to hammer home this point one more time. It's not Tice's fault. He was being utilized improperly by the Houston Rockets. He didn't fit alongside Christian Wood. Daniel Tice, for all intents and purposes, was playing his role to a T. He was playing well. He was, you know doing everything he was asked to be doing. It just wasn't, it wasn't turning into wins for this Rockets team. So Daniel Tice, another DMP coach's decision, Christian Wood at the five spot, Rockets starting Garrison Matthews in place of Jalen Green. So you've got KPJ, Garrison Matthews, Eric Gordon, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, and Christian Wood was so utterly dominant in this game against the Charlotte Hornets. Posted a career high 33 points on 13 of 19 shooting, only two of three from behind the three point line. Did so much of his damage in the interior, especially on the pick and roll with Kevin Porter Jr. Shot five of seven at the free throw line, including going three of four down the stretch in this game, you know, in, in crunch time when the free throws were the absolute most important. Secured 16 rebounds, had three assists, and had two blocks. Only one turnover was a plus 16 in 41 minutes of action. Christian Wood, this is the Christian Wood that was vying for an all-star spot last season. This is the Christian Wood that Rockets fans were excited about potentially having as a, you know, not necessarily the franchise cornerstone moving forward, but as one of the best guys on like a championship caliber type team, somebody that, you know, Rockets fans thought Christian Wood could develop into the, the potential was there eyeing, you know, what kind of a ceiling he truly had. And the evidence is so insurmountable. Christian Wood is a five. Christian Wood is a center. He has no business playing the four. He has no business playing any other position than the five when he's on the basketball court because that is where he is at his deadliest. Christian Wood at the five causes so many mismatch issues. He, he is offensively, he is faster, quicker, more agile than other offensive players. He spaces the floor because he can roll, he can pick and pop. And then when you slot, a smaller, a wing next to Christian Wood at the four spot, 
a Jay Sean Tate, as well as another set of, you know, another wing or, a, you know, a trio of guards like the Rockets, you know, have done over the last few games, over the last couple of games, I should say. It opens things up so ridiculously, uh, you know, well for this Rockets team offensively. And it basically makes this team incredibly difficult to defend. Because if you've got Christian Wood on the roll, then if you don't send help coverage over, it's going to open up shooters on, uh, you know, I apologize. It's going to open up the lane for Christian Wood and he's going to get just, he's just going to feast inside, right? If you do send help over, right? If the defense rotates, then suddenly you've got shooters open on the perimeter. And that's exactly what the Rockets were able to do with Christian Wood against the Charlotte Hornets. And the guy orchestrating all of that was Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. finishing with a season-high 12 assists. He had 23 points, 12 assists on 7 of 16 shooting, 3 of 9 from behind the three-point line, 6 of 10 at the charity stripe. You'd like to see that number be a little bit better from KPJ. Also had 8 rebounds, a steal, and only 4 turnovers in his 42 minutes of run. KPJ, easily his best season, or best best game, I should say, of the season, really controlling the flow of this one. Right. And I think we're seeing it's it's so much easier for KPJ to get other guys involved when the spacing is adequate. Steven Silas commented on it post game. You know, I, I asked him about KPJ's, you know, just overall control of the game. He said Scoot was phenomenal. Right. He did a great job, you know, feeding Christian Wood, finding him really being, you know, I, I thought KPJ was being very intentional uh, about finding Christian Wood on those roles, right? Pretty much every single time you saw KPJ and Wood in, you know, the two man action, you know, the pick and roll action, KPJ was trying to feed Christian Wood, like every play, like, and there were some where he'd pick up the drill because he thought he had, you know, a, a seam to Christian Wood and it wasn't quite there. And then, you know, they'd have to find something else on the action, but that mentality of I'm going to feed my big KPJ even talked about it post game saying, we know Christian Wood is, you know, is an all-star. We know that he's that talented, you know, and we're going to treat him like that. We're going to feed him. We're going to keep it. We're going to get him going because we know what he's capable of. So for your point guard in Kevin Porter Jr. to know that your big man needs to be fed the ball a certain way and to be that effective, it's got to feel good, right? And Christian Wood obviously having a pair of insanely effective games since being moved to the five spot. But there, you know, for KPJ, it, Easily a really, really strong performance from him. We're seeing a lot of growth. Uh, like I mentioned, his control of the game was there. There were a couple moments, end of regulation, you know, deep into overtime where there were some rushed possessions by KPJ. And those are going to be learning opportunities, right? Where um, he had the one in overtime where he, you know, rushed down the court and attempted a, a, a kind of an ill-advised uh, alley-oop pass to, to Jay Sean Tate um, rather than pull the ball back out and try to run some extra time off the clock. You know, situations like that, rushing things, rushing a handful of plays at the end of regulation when the Rockets really didn't need to while they still hold on, held on to the lead. Um, and it's great to be able to have a veteran like Eric Gordon out there who was actually, you know, kind of the steadying force for this Rockets team at the end of regulation and also at the end of overtime, right? It seemed like every time the Rockets needed a timely bucket down the stretch, EG was there and he was, you know, kind of rallying the troops a little bit, calming them down. And I don't think that should be like a referendum on, on Kevin Porter Jr.'s ability to steer the team because I still think he did a miraculous job. He found 
uh, Christian Wood on a drive late in overtime, drove to the basket, got into the teeth of the defense, kicked the ball back out to Christian Wood, who got, uh, I believe that was his final bucket of the game for his his 32nd and 33rd points uh, for his new career high, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then subsequently, another possession later, KPJ brings the ball back down. Another you know two man game with Christian Wood gets in the pick and roll, and very you know calm, cool, collected steps into a mid range jumper, which was the final bucket of the game for the Houston Rockets before they just went on kind of like you know trading free throw spree uh, with the Charlotte Hornets, you know, until the final buzzer and the final possession of the game for the Hornets. KPJ played phenomenal. His defense this season, that's where I think if you're going to give KPJ some credit, not only is he is he learning to be the point guard of the future for this Houston Rockets team, he's also made like leaps and bounds as far as his defensive play this season. He is a very competent defender. He's finding ways to use his length, his size against other players. He moves his feet well. And on the final possession of of this game uh, against LaMelo Ball, of all players, KPJ completely walled off LaMelo on his final drive of the game. And you know, forced LaMelo into, you know, kind of an awkward cross-court pass to Kelly Oubre for the three-pointer that would have won the Charlotte Hornets the game. But of all the players to have to take that three-point shot, look, Charlotte was was hot from behind the three-point arc. First off, Terry Rozier has no business shooting 16 three-pointers, but he did. Um, but the other guys on the team, P.J. Washington, three of four, Gordon Hayward, two of four, uh, Miles Bridges, two of five, uh, LaMelo ball, two of six, their entire team, e- even their bench shooting, they were shooting lights out from behind the three point arc. The one guy who you could look to and really be like, yeah, that's the guy we probably want to take that three point shot. Kelly Oubre, two of 10 three point shooting in that game. So Kelly Oubre did not have it going. And for him to be forced into taking the final shot, uh, I think it was a phenomenal defensive play by KPJ. Um, to completely stop LaMelo Ball on the drive and force him into that you know, awkward kind of half-court pass uh, or cross-court pass, I should say, to Kelly Oubre, who caught the ball in motion and had to immediately rise up for it. So shout-out to KAPJ for not only his growth offensively, steering this team as the point guard, but also for being calm, cool, and collected at the end of regulation. It wasn't a perfect game, right? Still the four turnovers, still some learning opportunities for him, you know, at the end of regulation, end of overtime on, you know, where I need to, you know, where he needs to read things and, and you know, control the game appropriately rather than, you know, rushing a shot here and there. But that's what Eric Gordon is for. That's what having some of those veteran guys out on the floor is for. Um, really impressed with his game. Now, coming up, I do want to talk about the other guys from this game that I haven't gotten a chance to get to quite just yet. And Jay Sean Tate, who had a strong bounce back game, Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks, KJ Martin, Alper, and Shingun. Going to get to all of them in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, when it comes to Built Bar, they are the best protein bars on the market. It's also the best Monday of the year. It's Cyber Monday. Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. You can get 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide at Built.com. Even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. That's right. You can get Built Bar merch if you want it, right? Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. Look, every single bar they offer is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They're protein bars that taste like 
candy bars, right? You can't go wrong with them. So many different flavors to choose from. German chocolate, raspberry, strawberry, cookies and cream. My personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. Every single flavor is amazing. If you're, you know, trying to lose weight, if you're trying to diet a little bit, maybe you just need, you know, a little, you know, protein bar supplement as you're heading out the door in the morning, right? I know that's when I eat them sometimes. You can check them out. Just go to built.com for these incredible tasting protein bars and get 20% off of everything site-wide. Just use promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. Again, that's promo code LOCKED20 for 20% off everything at built.com. And another message from our friends over at BetOnline, because look, BetOnline AG is the number one spot for all of your betting needs. It's the number one spot for all of your sports action. They've got you covered for football. They've got you covered for basketball. They've also got you covered for NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games, right? So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head over to their website and use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day. We sincerely appreciate it. I won't be upset if it's not your first listen today, seeing as how I was almost a DNP uh COVID-19, Omicron variant, whatever it is. Um, I'm still stifling that cough a little bit. It's really weird. Um, anyways, let's go final segment here because we've already run through um, the you know ridiculous shooting extravaganza from the Rockets and the Hornets. The Rockets, I didn't actually drop the numbers. The Rockets with a season-high 23 made three-point attempts. At one point in the fourth quarter, I was looking at this game thinking, are the Rockets really... Are the two and 16 Rockets really about to vie for the all time, like single game three point shooting record that is currently held by the Milwaukee Bucks? Like, had to look it up, right? It was 29, it's like 29 or 33, somewhere around there. I was sitting there thinking, like, this team is shooting the ball so well tonight, it could happen. You know, uh, they didn't wind up making, you know, making that push, but they, shot a ridiculous percentage from behind the arc 23 of 49 three point shooting. 46.9% on the game. The Hornets shot 40%, 20 of 50. That's usually an absurd number. You know, anything north of 40 is insanely good. So for the Rocks to shoot basically 47% was just absurd. But the two guys doing a majority of the heavy lifting on the three-point shooting, one, Garrison Matthews getting the starting nod in place of Jalen Green, and then Armani Brooks continuing his impressive three-point shooting and scoring ability off the Rockets bench. Those two guys combining to shoot 10 of 20. Matthews was 5 of 9. Armani Brooks was 5 of 11 from behind the three-point arc. And look, Garrison Matthews, his come-up story is phenomenal, right? Look, he was you know getting rotation minutes with the Wizards last season wasn't with an NBA team going into training camp this year was you know with the was in the G League then got brought up by the Rockets you know at, you know 2 weeks ago there were if you had told me that the Rockets were going to have a two-way player named Garrison Matthews starting in place of Jalen Green and he was going to be an impact player I would have said what 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 are you smoking but legitimately, he has come in and made a name for himself, right? He is playing like a guy who knows he belongs in the NBA. Um, he plays with purpose on the floor. And it's not just his three-point shooting, which has been phenomenal. 
Um, but he also moves the ball well, right? He knows, you know, not only when, you know, when to catch and shoot, but he also swings the ball side to side really well. He had one play where he uh, pulled up like he was going to shoot a three and immediately like, as he's like in his shooting motion, hit Christian Wood on the roll towards the basket. And I believe that that resulted in Christian Wood free throws, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then defensively, right? He takes pride in being a good defender. And, and you know, he's never going to be you know, a lockdown elite defender. He's, you know, He's not towering at, you know, six, five, and he's, you know, an NBA caliber guard, you know, but he he's in the right place at the right times, right? He's drawing charges. Um, he makes the right play. He tries hard defensively, right? I don't know if he's ever going to be like a, he's never going to be like a lockdown one-on-one type defender. He doesn't have the physical tools to do that, but he works hard, right? He boxes out. He does all the little things that you need him to do. Um, his presence has been absolutely amazing for this Rockets team. It's no wonder Steven Silas has already entrusted him, you know, this quickly in his short tenure with the Rockets. And then on the flip side, you got Armani Brooks, who was the Rockets kind of resident sniper before Garrison Matthews was brought in. And frankly, also before I move completely into Armani Brooks, give Rafael Stone credit for picking up Garrison Matthews, right? Rafael Stone went out, grabbed Garrison Matthews off the scrap heap when no other NBA teams were taking a look at him. And now he's playing, you know, big time minutes, hitting big time shots for this Rockets team. And this looks like it may have been an absolute steal for the Rockets organization. Um, Garrison Matthews, you know, told told media at Rockets practice the other day that he had some offers from some other teams out there, but he ultimately picked the Rockets organization um, probably because he thinks this is a place where he can carve out some meaningful minutes. And he has. So credit to Matthews for making the most of this opportunity. Now, uh, Armani Brooks. Armani Brooks was the resident sniper before Garrison Matthews got locked into, you know, got his guaranteed deal from the Rockets uh, or got his, you know, I should say his NBA level deal from the Rockets after, you know, showing out on a two-way contract last year, very similar to what Matthews is doing right now. Um, but Armani Brooks had a quiet start to the season, right? Um, you know, it, it, it sucks that he wasn't getting like consistent minutes because, you know, where, where were you going to find time for him in the Rockets rotation? But ultimately, uh, he... I kind of feel like with the, you know, with the play of Garrison Matthews and, and, you know, Garrison kind of getting the nod alongside Armani Brooks for some of these stretches of games, it kind I feel like it almost like created a renewed sense of focus for Armani, right? Where he's like, oh, I'm not the only other sharpshooter on this team. I need to figure it out really quick so that I don't lose my spot to Garrison Matthews. And frankly, I think that's exactly what happened because in the brief stints that we were seeing Armani play earlier this season, he wasn't quite, you know, shooting or playing with that same level of confidence that we've seen out of him that we saw out of him last season. And it seemed like there was a new, a renewed spark in Armani. And now he steps out on that basketball floor and he is pulling the three ball with confidence. He's coming off screens with purpose. Um, I love when Alper and Shingun is screening for Armani Brooks because one Shingun is arguably the best screen setter on the team. I think Daniel Tice probably hasn't beat just a little bit, but Shingun just, you know, does so many other things as far as his ability to pass the ball, especially off of those screens, right? Where maybe, you know, he's got the dribble handoff going and the screen isn't quite there. So then he, you know, can hit somebody on a cut as, as they curl around the screen, whatever. Watching Alper and Shingun and Armani Brooks operate in that little two-man game as far as like dribble handoffs and screens go, um, it's great because Armani knows how to position and fight around that screen to get himself open. Alper and Shingun does a great job using his body to separate the defender from Armani Brooks. 
So watching those two guys get minutes and reps together in the Rockets' second unit has been really exciting, and Armani's making the most of it. Again, he sunk five triples in this game, five of 11 three-point shooting. Uh, he needs to continue that play because the Rockets are definitely going to need that spark off the bench in the absence of Jalen Green. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how they balance the rotation moving forward. Because again, Steven Silas, you've got to give him his credit. He has prioritized the shooting. He has prioritized the spacing. And right now it is working wonders for this Rockets team. Any team in the NBA is going to look be, you know, look good when they shoot 47% from behind the three-point line, right? There was a little bit left to be desired from the Rockets defensively in this game, right? They had some lapses. They, you know, left the Hornets open for, you know, a number of shots. But overall, the offense has been such a huge catastrophic issue for this team that I'll take what I can get. And they they can figure out the defensive stuff a little bit later with this team. But uh, talking about, you know, somebody who is uh, usually phenomenal on defense, Jay Sean Tate had a really st- a strong bounce back game in this one uh, after a very uncharacteristic performance with five turnovers against the uh, Chicago Bulls had 16 points shot six of nine from the floor. Nice. Uh, Two of four from behind the three point line for Tate, which is always the biggest one, right? Is how is Tate shooting from behind the three point line? I continue to remain, I continue to be entirely impressed at the ability of, of himself to, of Jay Sean Tate to get to the rim at will using that array of spins and pivots. And uh, it seems like every defender falls for it, right? He drives it in on the perimeter, kind of starts like he's going towards the center of the lane and then spins all the way back, you know, pirouettes to his left hand. He gets an easy bucket right at the rim. I will say the Rockets could have potentially prevented this overtime against the Hornets. Um, had Jay Sean Tate called a timeout at the end of regulation rather than uh, rather than bobbling the inbounds pass on the final possession of the game, uh, Rockets had a handful of seconds left, uh, what, four, four seconds, something like that, left on the final inbounds of the game. And the Rockets' inbound play was just completely broken up. And Jay Sean Tate tried to force in a really bad pass to Christian Wood uh, that resulted in a turnover. And the Rockets had another timeout. So in that moment, as the inbounder, Jay Sean Tate needs to know hey, I've got a timeout in my pocket. This play is broken. We've got to draw something new up um, and could have done that. And, and the Rockets could have potentially won this game at the end of regulation rather than you know forcing things into overtime against the Hornets. But again, just like the moments from KPJ, absolute learning opportunity for Jay Sean Tate moving forward. But it was really nice to see him have a strong bounce back game in this one. Uh and again, defensively, the Rockets all kind of like took turns on, you know, a little mellow ball because of their their switching defense. KPJ kind of got a lot of the uh, the brunt of the action. But they, defensively, they did a pretty solid job for the most part, uh, making life a little bit difficult for LaMelo Ball and for Terry Rozier, who were largely inefficient on the evening. Ball finished just 7 of 19 shooting. Terry Rozier finished 9 of 23 on the night. Again, attempting 16 three-pointers for, for Scary Terry. Uh, I will say Terry Rozier had the one ridiculous play where he had like drove into the lane and faked the behind the back, like dribble pass, whatever kind of pulled the ball back this way. Uh, it was the Rajon Rondo flare, right? Where he goes back and fakes out the defender and then scoops it up and has the easy two at the rim. So uh, Terry Rozier had a really nice play there. And then uh, not only that, uh, Gordon Hayward was also, you know, largely inefficient from the floor, just six of 16 shooting. So the Rockets did a pretty solid job um, on the interior against this Hornets team. Uh, they they had to make a lot of their money from the perimeter in this one. Uh, somebody who 
did kind of struggle on the interior for the Rockets, though. KJ Martin, um, not his usual, you know, uber efficient self in this game. Just two of seven shooting, only had seven points in this game. He had, you know, a hard time finishing inside against this Hornets team. And he had the one finish that that should have been an absolute ridiculous highlight reel play off of a pass from Shingoon, where the Rockets were kind of bobbling the offensive rebound. And uh, it goes up, and Jay Sean Tate and one of the Hornets players are jumping for it. It gets tapped over to Alper and Shingoon. And then Shingoon, no look, catches the ball and immediately, like almost touch pass, no look behind the back, flips it to KJ Martin, who goes up and gets fouled by Jalen McDaniels at the rim. And I will never forgive McDaniels for ruining what should have been an absolute top 10 highlight for just the pass. for I mean, the pass already did the rounds for Alper and Shingun. It would have been even cooler had KJ Martin been able to actually convert that dunk attempt. Um, so it's unfortunate that he didn't. But it's crazy that in a game with... LaMelo Ball, Alperin Shingun had the most ridiculous pass of the entire evening with that no look behind the back, just little shovel pass, scoop, whatever, flip, whatever you want to call it. Just pull out all the adjectives in the book, right? For Alperin Shingun. Um, and I did have, look, this will be my final point, right? Before we, before we shut this thing down, I did have, you know, some people reaching out kind of, you know, questioning, you know, why, why, you know, when, when is Alperin Shingun going to get the minutes he deserves? When When is he going to get more run? Look, right now, this dynamic works with Christian Wood at the five and Alperin Shingun backing him up as long as Daniel Tice isn't getting minutes, uh, which is frankly how this team should operate moving forward because there's just not a, a reason for Daniel Tice to get minutes moving forward given how well Alperin Shingun does play. He did have, I will say, he did rack up a very quick four turnovers in this one. Um, that's just kind of to be expected from Shingun a little bit. Um, right. He gets a little creative with the basketball sometimes. And, um, you know, it's, he's, he's still learning and still developing, but you know, it's really tough to get Shingun 20, 25, you know, minutes a night. If Christian Wood is playing this well, right. You're, if you're going to ask why is Alperin Shingun not playing well or playing more minutes? Well, because the guy in front of him in the depth chart went off for 33 and 16, right? If Christian Wood's going to be playing at this elite level of basketball, if he's going to play like the Christian Wood that was vying for an all-star team last season, then there's absolutely, I have no qualms about Alper and Shingun only getting 10, 15 minutes a night, because frankly, that's the Christian Wood that the Rockets need to be able to see more of to decide, okay, is he here for the long-term, right? Is he, is Christian Wood at the five suddenly a long-term cornerstone type piece that this Rockets team can rely on and that they want to hold down for the future? Or flip side, is this Christian Wood absolutely like juicing up his trade value so that the Rockets can flip him for something at the trade deadline or potentially this upcoming offseason before having to decide to commit long-term money to Christian Wood and then opening up things for Alper and Shingun down the line to potentially slot in as the Rockets' long-term future starter. Um, I think ten, I think you know anywhere from ten to fifteen a night when Shingun is you know for for Shingun is solid, um, especially again when Christian Wood is playing this effectively. So with that, those are final thoughts, final points from this game. Um, 
If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, uh, free and available on all platforms. Also, check out the brand new YouTube channel, Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Search it wherever, uh, be it the YouTube app, uh, the desktop, whatever, wherever you watch YouTube videos, check it out. We'd sincerely appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button, like, comment on the videos, all that stuff. I sound like a youtuber you know be sure to like and subscribe um anyways with that that's gonna do it for today's episode as always thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you back right here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball